0: everyone that is Aaron Davis I am Colby Daniels it is a bittersweet day because we just watched college football's national championship I thought it was an awesome game we also have the NFL playoffs coming up but uh college football season is over at the same time so uh mixed feelings for me Aaron Davis what is happening today
1: uh not much I just want to uh preemptively apologize I'm currently in the fourth quarter in my matchup with COVID so if I uh start coughing like, hysterically at any point, I apologize. I'll, uh, I'll mute my mic and uh, just just give me a moment. I'll recover. But uh, Nice. Yeah, last night was the uh, – I thought that was the SEC title game. I don't I know it was a national championship game. Dang it. Oh, man. Yeah, it, it was a good game. And I don't know why there were so many people on Twitter bitching about it being boring. Look. Dude. Was is- it low scoring? Yes. Was it defensive? Yes. But it was not boring. Their, every play was high intensity, high pressure, like – Stress inducing, like any play could break the game open. If if one of the teams was up thirty to five six, that's boring. Thirty three to ten, that's boring. Nine to six doesn't mean boring. Nine to six just means that nobody's scored yet. There's still a high level of intensity and pressure on every play at that point in the game. It can't be boring. You're, you're insane if you think that's boring. Those
0: people aren't football fans. That's the reality. If, if you were watching the national championship last night and you thought the first half was boring, you're just not a football fan and you literally have no idea what you're watching. I was so triggered last night over the dumbasses on Twitter calling that game boring. And look, I get that everybody wants to see scoring. It's not like they weren't scoring because it's a bunch of bums on the football field. Right, every play, there were NFL dudes flying all over the place. That was a fast game. Somebody called it a slow game, and I was like, "What are you watching?" The speed on every play was unbelievable. Like, good lord! Like, there's. It's really funny to me to watch Oklahoma State fans this year like celebrate what Jim Knowles was able to do defensively with Oklahoma State right as opposed to having this high octane offense and not getting any stops and getting in shootouts like fans really appreciated Oklahoma State style as for Oklahoma like there's there's now this celebration because Lincoln Riley the offensive mind is is gone and you're bringing in Brent Venables who's going to bring elite defense and toughness and that sort of style and it's being celebrated here from both fan bases and then I saw people that have literally talked about how great those two things are with both fan bases complaining about that game last night like what do you want all you do so, is talk about, sp- I love defense, elite defense and toughness and physicality. And then you watch it and you call it boring because you're so used to Texas Tech 66 to 55 type football games. Like, shut the fuck that up. Is,
1: yeah, it's 66 to 55 to me. That's not good football. That is not entertaining football to me. Yeah. So you talk about like the speed on the field last night. So there were plays of 67 yards, 52, 40, which the Mitchell 40 yard catch was a touchdown. Uh, 61 yard by law 40 by Jamison Williams, the multiple other, like 15 plus 25 yard plus plays, none of them scored. So you're talking about elite level closing speed on both from both teams on defense, plus like elite level speed by the offensive players to break big plays. Like I don't remember a game in recent memory where there were this many big plays and neither team could score touchdowns. Yeah, obviously it shifted a little bit in the fourth quarter and uh, you know, they got in the end zone a couple of times, but like. This game was exciting. Like it, it felt like at any point, like one of these big plays was going to break for a touchdown, or like one of these teams was finally going to get in the end zone or force a turnover. And like, I mean, we got all of it, and it was close until the end. And honestly, like, I thought that, I, I'm, no disrespect to Georgia, but like, I really thought that if Jamison Williams doesn't get hurt, I think Alabama probably ends up winning this game. I think Jameson Williams going down just completely took away like any reliable weapon that Bryce that Bryce Young had on that offense. I mean, Bryce Young was. The, the interception was egregious. Like there's no way to defend the interception, but I thought up until that point he had been incredible. I thought yeah. he had played an amazing game and just his receivers just can consistently let him down. Yeah. And I mean, it's a shame and it sucks. I don't really feel bad for Bryce Young or Alabama or Nick Saban or anything like that, but I mean, I feel bad for James Williams for sure. Like Absolutely. I kind of had flashes of Willis McGahee getting hurt in that game against Ohio state and that Fiesta bowl in 2003. Cause I mean, James Williams is a top 10 pick. I mean, he is the number one he's, more than likely before this game was penciled in as the number one receiver getting picked in this draft. Agreed. I mean, buried in the depth chart at Ohio State, wa- transfers to Alabama and does what he does. And to see him go down like that, I mean, that sucks. But... I hated it for him. Yeah. But, but there I were mean, these
0: people last night that were like, I hope he's okay. I hope it's not serious. And I was like, did you watch what happened? Like, yeah I mean, did you, I did you that see right what least... his knee did? I, I think we're beyond, I hope it's not serious. I think we're yeah. at, I hope it's not like more serious than innate, just yeah. like an ACL. Like somebody said, I hope right. that's not an ACL. And I was thinking, I hope that's only an ACL, right? Like, yeah. I hope it's not every ligament in his knee. Good Lord. What are you watching?
1: I think, yeah. I mean, I said that I hope it's not, I hope it's not too serious. Cause I just don't want to like, I don't want to assume an injury. Like you're right. It probably was. It's safe to assume that it's bad, but like, I don't want to, I don't want to just be like, yeah. Oh yeah, he definitely, you know, ruptured every <laughs> ligament in his body. And then it turns out he just sprained his MCL or something. But yeah. like. It looked bad. You know, it, you know, I feel bad for him. But, hey, I mean, shout out to Stetson Bennett because uh, he was not good for a lot of that game. Oh, uh, he was I kind bad. Of, yeah. I compared it to uh, Joe Dirt's first day at the oil rig. Like, he just looked completely lost out there. But, I mean, credit to him. He made two. I mean, I, the the throw to uh, Pickens was a great throw. That was earlier in the game. But that throw to Mitchell, I mean, that won him the game. It was an incredible throw, perfect pass, great play by Mitchell. I mean, yeah. he needed to make one great play. In that game and he made it and I mean doesn't matter at this point how he played in those first like three and a half quarters all that matters is he made that throw to win in the game so I mean it was it was incredible I mean George's defense I mean we talked about it all year everybody knows how good they were I mean, they really stepped up in this game because if they didn't play the way that they played Alabama might have walked away with this game because yeah. the all I mean George's offense definitely yeah. didn't help him out any
0: uh it's amazing to kind of a lot to digest there um Going back to the Jameson Williams thing, I agree with you if Jameson Williams doesn't get hurt. And look, I think you can throw John Mechie into that as well.
1: For, yeah, it's probably a
0: completely different uh, finish to the season. And it's it's kind of ironic that we've come full circle when you go back to Nick Saban's first Alabama championship over Texas because Colt McCoy goes down early in that game to you know getting one where maybe they wouldn't have got one if the other team's quarterback gets hurt. And now they're on the other side of that with a next-level pass catcher. And obviously... Pass catching was an issue later in the game. You mentioned Bryce Young being let down by the receivers. And I know a lot of people are going to say that last night wasn't a great offensive game. And because Bryce Young didn't throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns, that maybe it wasn't his best game. Last night was the most impressed I've been with Bryce Young over this entire season. The Heisman Trophy winner's performance last night was his most impressive of the year. And a lot of that, you know, people get caught up in the stats and the highlight plays and Bryce Young throwing you know, 70-yard touchdown passes to guys that are completely open, right? Like, you always see the highlight of Bryce Young just airing it out, and Jamison Williams is wide open, and he catches it and walks in for a touchdown. Like, yeah, that's great, but the throws he was making last night where the Georgia defensive line is literally bearing down on him in his face, and he's still delivering pinpoint-accurate passes, and some of them were still incomplete because receivers didn't catch the ball, but I thought the throws he made last night with the pressure he was facing was as good as we've seen Bryce Young all season.
1: And not to mention, I mean, it felt like every pass he made that second half, his receiver was blanketed by a Georgia cornerback.
0: Yeah, he was putting it on the money until the Ringo interception, which was a bad one.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was I don't I don't I'm not sure what he was. I mean, it was throne really is all it was. But yeah. yeah, I mean, he was. I mean, we we talked about it last week. Just how much better he's gotten from week to week.
0: Oh,
1: every game he's just gotten so much better, and it's crazy because. I mean, he came into the – he hadn't started a game in the season. And he was – I mean, he was good to start the year. But, like, you talked about it. Like, he was kind of checking down to to Mechie and to uh, to Williams and the other receivers. And those dudes were just going out and making big plays. And, like, that's, that's not the offense anymore. Like, the offense last night was not checking down. I mean, it was attacking downfield. And I think that – I think if there's one thing that you can really criticize about Alabama is I – th- I think Bill O'Brien did a really bad job last night. I don't think they made good adjustments at halftime. I don't like. I know Bryce Young hasn't run all year, uh, but at the point that Jameson Williams goes down and the receivers just—you got a lot of young underclass receivers. Like, why is Bryce Young staying in the pocket when they're bringing seven and you know five, six, seven rushers every time? Like, why? Why? I just understand. Like, why is he not running more? Why? Why is the pocket not moving more?
0: I, I mean, I don't know. I think Georgia had has so much defensive speed, especially. I mean, all their dudes, right? Their their defensive line; those dudes are fast. The linebackers fly sideline to sideline. I don't. I, I mean, I, I thought that they were getting the throws that they wanted in the pocket, and Bryce Young was making them. The problem was guys weren't catching the football. Like, I
1: don't, well, that's I don't, what I'm saying. If there's yeah. a There's a point where like nobody's making a play for Bryce Young. Like maybe Bryce Young needs to make the play himself. And I and I know like the whole season. Like you look at his stats; he didn't run at all ever. Like the entire year, he stayed in the pocket. Like you know, this is not part of their game plan. But in that situation, in a national championship game, I mean, you're talking about an Alabama team three years ago that changed quarterbacks in the middle of a national championship game against his Georgia team but last night like Alabama didn't make any adjustments at halftime I didn't think and I didn't feel like they really made any adjustments I mean I thought they did a good job of
0: I I thought they did a good job in the third quarter of kind of allowing Georgia to uh, over pursue maybe and then you know those running back passes to Brian Robinson out of the backfield I thought uh, were were to. Ter- I, I honestly thought that's how they should have started the game because you knew Georgia was going to be ultra aggressive after the SEC championship sure, sure. game, uh, and that kind of slows you down. and And they took advantage of that in the third quarter. But I mean, even like the touchdown pass that Bryce Young threw, incredible throw as he's scrambling out of the pocket. But once again, I mean, Georgia was bearing down on him before he made that throw. I I just I don't know that you're setting yourself up for. Uh, more success as opposed to maybe opening the door for Georgia to make bigger plays if you start moving Bryce Young Man. around. So I, I get I get the point that you're trying to make. I just, I, I don't know that uh, against that defense, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. On the opposite side, I mean, though. That
1: def- go ahead. That defense, though, I mean, it, it might just be a, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you right. don't type of thing when a defense is that good.
0: Yeah, when they're that good, yeah. I mean, I, I think moving Bryce Young around, you're just opening the door for more mistakes to be made and, and Georgia to make bigger plays as opposed to Yes, you're not necessarily accomplishing much, but it's not because of the play calls. It's because the players aren't doing what, what they should be doing. Bryce Young was no. delivering the football. Guys just have to catch it at some point, and that's on the players. I thought Todd Monken, who I am a I'm a massive Todd Monken fan, and I've talked about this with the Caleb Williams thing. I think Georgia is the best mm-hmm. option for Caleb Williams because of the players around him, but but also Todd Monken. I, that was the weirdest game plan for Todd Monken I've seen. I I, I, I don't know. It, I was really stunned throughout the ball game as to what Todd Monkham was doing offensively.
1: Were you, were you surprised that uh, there were so many plays where Stetson Bennett was just standing in the pocket for 10 seconds? Uh, yeah. Just holding the ball. Yeah. Like, what are you like? What are we doing here? What are we yeah. doing? I mean, I know Alabama's defense isn't George's defense, but uh, I mean, they got a dude named Will Anderson and yeah. like, they got a bunch of studs that like, you're just going to give them all day to get to you and sack you and like pressure you. Like, I don't, it was, I don't get it. And I, I, there was a stretch that I, I guess it was in the fourth quarter, like the run game, like Zamir White started running the ball pretty well. And obviously James Cook had that 67 yard run, but like, I mean, Alabama, Georgia's defense, offense really did nothing for most of the game other than a couple of chunk plays until, you know, they started running the ball a little bit in the fourth. But yeah, I mean, it was, like I said, I, I mean, it was, a, it ended up being a 15 point game, but if you watch the flow of that game, like it just feels like Alabama's going to win the whole time.
0: It was, it was weird, man. Like, you know, the first half was obviously a feeling out process and and nobody wanted to take too many risks offensively with, you know, that, that much time in the game and, and you don't want to bury yourself early, but Georgia had success running the football in the first matchup. And then you start the second half and the first play of the second half, I think they gained 11 yards on a run. Second play of the second half, they gained 19 yards on a run. So you have what, 40, 30 yards, on two running plays to start the second half, and then immediately they throw the ball three times, three incomplete passes, and they punt. Then they get the Bryce Young interception, start on the Alabama side of the field, don't even run the ball once, they throw the ball three more times, and they punt the ball again. So you start the half with two runs of over 10 yards each, and then the next six plays are incomplete passes. Like, what are you doing? And in the very next play, they run the ball again for 67 yards. It was like, run the football... And then going back to the Todd Monkin situation, like, there was, a, there was a play where they ran the ball to set up like second and five, and he runs a reverse on second and five, which I was just like, what are you doing? It felt like he kept trying to force the play action. Like, dude, either run the ball or get the ball out of Stetson Bennett's hand. Continually running play action is not working against this team. Like, I, It was just a very weird um, offensive game plan and offensive play calls to me last night.
1: A big, I feel like a big uh, talking point going into this game was like Stetson Bennett's like ability to run and his athleticism, and and I vaguely, I, I might be making this up in my he- own head, but I like, I vaguely remember like even Stetson Bennett talking about how it was gonna be important that he run the ball in this game and yes, like use his athleticism. You, do you think that like he gave himself the yips after he like juked himself into that fumble, or do you think that Todd Munkin was like, dude, this dude is like like he's way too nervous right now. Like he need like we can't trust him to run the ball. Like, because after that, like he never ran and like, he had a, it was like a 15 yard run or something like that. Wasn't it where he fumbled the ball? Like it was a good something game like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, after that, they're just like, you're staying in the pocket the whole time. And I don't like stay in the pocket for 15 seconds. I don't care. Don't leave the pocket. Yeah. Cause like you can't hold on. I don't know. It was weird because like, I thought that was one advantage that Stetson Bennett did have in that matchup or was that he could use his athleticism to, help that Georgia offense which just you know adds to your whole point of like running the ball like he's another good ball carrier a good runner that like they didn't utilize.
0: Yeah, I think like so Stetson Bennett's obviously more athletic than the other quarterback on their roster, JT Daniels. And yeah. and against most teams, I think that's probably something that is a weapon. Alabama's too fast and has too much speed. So I don't know that it's a weapon against Alabama.
1: Um I mean, it, 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 but you still need it. I mean it's still like an a potential threat that Alabama would have to yeah. consider. Like, right? think the
0: first play but of the game, it's like what a nine a nine yard sack because he's trying to get away from the defender and the closing speed of Alabama like sacks sure. him. The big the play that too, we thought might yeah. end the game, the fumble. Right, he's trying to get away from an Alabama defender and they close so fast on him, it's a fumble. They get the the recovery. Alabama takes the lead. Like, I think there were a couple times where we saw him try to extend. And guys like Christian Harris and Will Anderson, like that Alabama team has a lot of speed, just like Georgia. And I think it just, they were neutralized from that standpoint. And yeah, I mean, I I thought they should have just gone with traditional run game, or if you're not going to do traditional run game, quick pass game, get, you know, let him take the snap, get the ball out of his hands. But yeah, the idea that you're just going to drop him back in the pocket. uh, He's not that kind of quarterback, although he did make a, you know, the big touchdown pass was an incredible play for him. But I mean, asking him to do that over and over is probably not a winning recipe. George's closing speed with him on the perimeter didn't look like it was a good idea.
1: So, at the very least, you want to keep Bryce Young off the field. Yes. Alabama won the time of possession in that game last night. So, yeah. yeah. By the way, um, pulled up the SEC championship game stats. Uh, Jamison Williams in the SEC title game, seven catches, 184 yards, two touchdowns. John Mechie, six catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Right. Yeah. Tough losses for uh, Crimson Tide. Yeah. Hopefully, one day uh, Saban, and Alabama can uh, get something, break their way though. Hopefully, one day. Yeah.
0: Well, like I said, this this Alabama run started with them winning a national championship in a game that Colt McCoy got hurt. So, are you implying that it's ending? Are you implying this is the end? No, no, not it's at, over. Dude, they're gonna the run's I, over? They're gonna win the title next year.
1: Probably. I actually looked it up. So uh, I looked up every year that Alabama lost in the CFP or the national championship game in the college football era. Uh, Twice they've won the national title the following year. The third time they won the national title two years later. Okay. And, yeah, so, I mean, the third one kind of throws it off a little bit, but.
0: They are bringing back the best offensive player in college football, and they're bringing back the best defensive player in college football. That team is. Which is crazy. This was a rebuilding year. That team is loaded. Here's how good Alabama and Nick Saban are, Aaron. This was a rebuilding year with a freshman quarterback and not only do they make the national championship game but Georgia is the betting favorite Georgia is number one for almost the entire season and Georgia winning in a wild game still feels like David B. Goliath right oh
1: 100 this was like I mean, it felt like Georgia pulled a miracle off last night felt last like, last
0: like night. a miracle and Georgia was number one almost the entire year Georgia was the team that was the betting favorite last night and it, and this was a rebuild year for Alabama and Alabama was without like what four of their starting secondary players. Three of their starting secondary players. Their top two receivers were hurt. Like, And it still feels like Georgia did the impossible. That's how great Nick Saban Alabama
1: are. Georgia, uh, up until their loss, Alabama, the SEC title game. Their closest game was their 10-3 victory over Clemson. Every other game was decided by at least two, 24 points. They're good, man.
0: I I really enjoyed watching that defensive front from Georgia. Like, this isn't... Nobody's going to call this the greatest team of all time, right? Like, it's not even close, but... Well, yeah, I mean... In terms of just really special groups, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Jalen Carter, Trayvon Walker, Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, Nicobe Dean, like, that group, that defensive front from Georgia,
1: holy cow, that...
0: All those dudes are NFL dudes. All of them.
1: yeah. They're good. I mean, I mean, there's a conversation that it could be the best front seven. I don't know, ever. I don't throw that out there, uh, but yeah, like, I think it's in, the in a long time. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it it's just one of those things where like. If they had a quarterback, like if they had. I, I don't know, I to say as far as like a Bryce Young, but they had like a. Um, yeah,
0: Bryce Young, a Joe Burrow, a. Kyler yeah, Murray? I didn't want to say like, that
1: extreme because yeah, I mean if they had if they had a Heisman winning quarterback then for sure they could be in that conversation with one of the best teams of all time. Yeah. But like even if they had like a really good like quarterback that they played week to week that was consistent, yeah. like they're more in the conversation. The fact that they did it in a year where they were wrote, I mean, they played both quarterbacks this year, right? Like I mean, JT Daniels well, he got was the opener, at the beginning of the year. And then yeah. Right. And then it was pretty much Stetson Bennett. But yeah, I mean Brock Bowers stepped up. I mean, he was a huge, you know, ad as a freshman. Like, that dude is legit. So, I don't know if Georgia's projected. I don't. I'm not sure. I like the games played last night, so I'm not sure where Georgia's necessarily going to be projected next year. Um, you would assume that there's going to be a little bit of a drop off because I would assume that they're going to lose a chunk of that defense. Um, I know that Quay Walker is probably going to be a first round pick. I'm sure that a couple other dudes are going to be up there.
0: Well, I mean, um, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, uh, Trayvon Walker, Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, Nakobe Dean. I mean, that's six of to all of them. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Carter's the one that obviously is coming back. That's going to be a you know preseason All American, but pretty much everybody else is gone. And I mean, five of those six I think are Day One and Day Two guys.
1: Yeah, I and mean, you have to draft, imagine so. watching play. I don't know how they're not. Yeah. So look forward to Alabama and Ohio State in the national title game next year. See, you're ready for Ohio State in the national title game. Why is that? Was it was that shirt you're wearing? Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Ohio State. I mean, I don't blame
1: you. C.J. Stroud, that offense.
0: Yeah, I got fun. this. Uh, this was a five-dollar shirt when I was in Columbus a couple years ago for the O.U. Ohio State. They game, had five-dollar so. Ohio State shirts yeah. in Columbus.
1: Yeah. That is the most insane thing I've ever heard. I mean, it's just like a generic,
0: it just has Ohio State football
1: on it. So, yeah. No, I know, but I would assume in Columbus, everything would be jacked up because they're like, during Columbus, they're going to pay top dollar for some Ohio Ohio State gear. This was
0: literally at a fan shop, like next door to the stadium too. It was like five bucks. I was like, yeah, I'll grab one. Like it's, you know, just a nice gray shirt that can just kind of be
1: worn. That's wild. Yeah. I paid $85 for a polo one time (laughs) at a, at a, uh, at a fan shop in Norman. Yeah. On campus corner.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I picked it up because it was five bucks. I was just like, okay, cool. That's just a, you know, Very nice, nice shirt. But yeah, I mean, I think Ohio State and Alabama are the the favorites, right? It's Bryce Young and C J. Stroud. Right. I mean, think of Ohio State brings Jim Knowles in to fix the defense, and then offensively, C J. Stroud, Travion Henderson, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, like good lord. And then for Alabama, obviously, I mean, they, you know, yeah. Bryce Young and and Will Anderson. Enough said.
1: Yeah, I mean I'd be curious to see what Jameson Williams does. I can't imagine he goes back. No, he's gone. I mean, I yeah, I mean Yeah. Again, hopefully, uh, hopefully that injury is not like a multi year thing, but I yeah. mean dude, I I, mean, I, I had don't... an
0: ACL tear and I mean this was twenty oh, years ACL's, ago.
1: Yeah, like yeah, ACL is not a big deal. Yeah.
0: Like four months later I was hundred percent.
1: So Joe Burrow blew his ACL out last year and has come back and he is the MVP candidate right, this year.
0: Right, right. So if it's just an ACL, like, you know, obviously everybody heals differently, but if it's just an ACL, I think he's going to be fine. Now, if we're talking about multiple ligaments or like structural damage, that's a completely different conversation. But yeah, yeah, I think James, I would imagine Jameson Williams is gone.
1: I mean, is there even a third team though? Going back to that conversation, that's even in that. I mean, is it? Oh, I mean, I don't even know. Is it Ohio State, and Alabama, and then is there a third team? I mean, Georgia. Like you look, Georgia's gonna be Georgia, back. Yeah. I just
0: think that there's there's more, gonna be a drop
1: though. You would assume
0: there's more unknown about Georgia next year because of the amount of players they're losing. But there, I mean, it's not like there's. It's like Alabama, right? Like their their second team guys are still five star caliber. It's just you know how good are they going to be in year number one as starters? That's that's the only question. Right. It's not like there's a talent drop off as much as. It's just going to be a bunch of guys that are really getting that opportunity in the, on the first team depth chart to, to kind of make that that next move. So yeah. they'll be fine. I just don't know that they're I mean, a national if, championship. And
1: could. if somehow if they swing Caleb Williams, I mean, that obviously changes everything. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like it's flying. It doesn't seem like it's trending that way, but. Yeah.
0: I've, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been told or hinted that uh, it's pretty much wrapped up as far as USC goes.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week. I mean, if he goes West, we know why yeah. he's going West. Which, it's not about winning in college.
0: Which is surprising because, you know, after the Alamo Bowl, I was told at that point, like, he's obviously going to consider all of his options. Like, there, it, he's not just going to make, you know, a, a decision anywhere. He's going to consider everything. And I was told that USC was an option, but there was a considerable considerable amount of frustration with Lincoln Riley over the whole departure. And the way that it happened, and then that there was also discussion in regards to just how good the USC roster was going to be over the next two years, yeah. as opposed to maybe either staying in Oklahoma or going to a Georgia. But, you know, they went to Oklahoma for Lincoln Riley. Once again, there's there are these people that, you know, are like, well, if, if you're married to OU, you're not like looking to date other people. And it's like, he didn't marry OU, he married Lincoln
1: Riley. He, Lincoln he Riley, came
0: Riley. to Oklahoma for Lincoln Riley. So the minute Lincoln Riley left, he was always going to consider his options. I
1: mean, he came He came to Oklahoma to get the best path to the NFL. Yes. Which, if even if you hate Lincoln Riley at this point, like you're ignorant to think that Lincoln Riley isn't an optimal route to the NFL as right. a quarterback. Right. Now, I mean, again, yeah, if you
0: want to say, like, can USC protect him enough for Lincoln Riley to get him there the next two years? Like, That's valid. But in terms of just Lincoln Riley and what he's done with quarterbacks and like when you look at the Baker Mayfield offense, the Kyler Murray offense, the Jalen Hurts offense, how much he. You know, minimized the deficiencies and, and obviously took advantage of all those guys strengths like that's that's why Caleb Williams or anybody else for that matter would want to play for the guy.
1: I just don't know why we even pretended like UCLA was an option.
0: Yeah, that never made sense to me either. Like,
1: what? Why would he Why would he go play for Chip Kelly at UCLA? Yeah. Like, that's... My, like, <laughs> so weird.
0: I just... Yeah, I never got that one. It was probably... That somebody was, put that out just as a smokescreen for when he visited LA, right?
1: It was probably... Well, probably USC put it out. Yeah. To not make it seem like it's just so obvious that Lincoln and Caleb have been having this conversation since yeah. October yeah. that, like... Yeah, oh, you know, he's, UCLA's in the—I uh, yeah, saw him with Chip in uh, Beverly Hills. Yep, he's out there. He's yep. looking at UCLA. No, no, he's not. He's he is in South Central with Lincoln Riley.
0: Yeah, so it's, uh, it kind of feels like it's probably, I don't know, maybe today, maybe tomorrow. It's a matter of I mean, time may, yeah. I think there's an announcement made, but—
1: I mean, everything's lining up. Like, oh, you brought in another quarterback, right? Or they offered— They uh, offered
0: uh, Chuba Purdy, Brock Purdy's younger brother. Purdy, who, uh, yeah, from Florida State, from Florida right? Florida State, Yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, that's that's another tea leaf that just doesn't right. bode well for Caleb coming back. Uh, that, I mean, that tells me that Caleb has told Venables and the OU staff that he's not coming back for sure, that they're going out and they're trying to bring in another quarterback through the transfer portal after Dylan Gabriel and USC's quarterback left. Yeah, like Another one, Keaton like Slovis already entered the transfer portal and then they had another one, so. Well, yeah. I, asked, Tough day uh, for, uh,
0: I asked Dusty last Wednesday, so this is last Wednesday, I was like, if you had to put a percentage on it, of Caleb Williams coming back to OU like what is your percent? Cuz I I told him I was probably at like 30%, right? Which is not great odds, but I felt like Oklahoma's in the running, but I don't think they're the favorite. So I was at around 30. He said 2.
1: 2% for who? I'm sorry. For
0: Caleb this last Wednesday for
1: that he stays that he
0: would come back to Oklahoma, he said 2%. So, I mean that that basically is just saying like well there's a chance, but obviously it's it's uh probably
1: It's only no. it's 2% because Caleb said that OU's st- option right basically basically yeah Yeah. so
0: yeah i think i think i mean everybody can do the math right like they get dylan gabriel they've offered uh purdy 2.0 caleb williams uh visits la the usc quarterback jackson dart enters the transfer portal yesterday the other la quarterback Dorian thompson robinson at ucla announces he's coming back. back yeah i mean we can all do the math
1: Which, I'll be honest with you, Colby, I'm surprised that Dorian Thompson-Robinson still has eligibility left. Seems like he's been there for eight years. Yes, correct. It's like I was watching him on QB1 like 10 years ago.
0: Stetson Bennett apparently could come back to Georgia next year. And if you remember, Stetson Bennett's first year at Georgia, he was playing Baker Mayfield. That's right. As the scout team quarterback to prepare the Georgia defense. So that's how long Stetson Bennett's been around.
1: So I guess he's never redshirted. I I guess he's never redshirted, has he? Well, I think not he counting could, the COVID year.
0: I think he redshirted and then he got the COVID year as well. So,
1: okay, there you go. Yeah, I mean, he, I, he's definitely coming back. I mean, he's, what's he going to do? Go work at a law firm after this. Like he's not going to the NFL. Well, he's so. coming
0: back unless, you know, again, I think we all think Caleb Williams is going West, but if Caleb Williams were to say, I'm going to Georgia, then, you know, Stetson right. Bennett's not starting over Caleb Williams. <laughs> I, mean, I think
1: he comes, I think he comes back either way. Yeah. Just come back and just be the, be the freaking man on campus in Augusta for a year.
0: Yeah, I thought that Georgia was the best option for Caleb Williams. But if you're Caleb Williams, I mean, Wayne, yeah. do you want to do you want to go where they I mean, go join the national champions? Doesn't that kind of give you the Kevin Durant feel a 100%, little bit? A hundred
1: percent. Yes.
0: So I don't know that. I mean, I don't know that he's super concerned with how people view him, but I don't think that would that would be good for the. Uh, the name image likeness of Caleb Williams to go. Just I don't, join I don't them.
1: think in reality it would be the same as the Kevin Durant thing. It'd be like Kevin Durant joining the Warriors if like Clay and Draymond left, because I mean they're not going to be the same team next year. They're losing a lot of talent. Well, sure, sure, but still, yeah. But the overall, like the the macro view of it, would be that he left to go join the national champions, yeah. which I don't know. Like I, I feel like it would just lead to a huge hypocritical argument of like, well, do you want him to go chase try and win in college? Or do you want him to go chase the money? Like, of course. What do, you, what do you want him to do? Of course. I mean, obviously, you just want him to stay in Norman and just be a. You know, be loyal to that, to the OU logo, but...
0: I just want all these college players, Aaron, to honor the commitment they made to whatever university they they chose at 17 or 18 years old and stick to it for four years. That's what I want. I never
1: broke, I never broke any commitments I made when I was 17. Yeah. Not once. It's ruining
0: the game.
1: It is disgusting, though, that OU is going to lose both their starting quarterbacks from 2021 to USC.
0: Yeah. But I mean, again, like, yes, that sucks. And it's, it's a really ugly part of college football, but
1: no, I'm joking. I don't care. No,
0: I know. But I, my point is like, and I get that frustration with the sport, but we shouldn't hold 18 year olds accountable for a decision they made when, when coaches get to move freely.
1: Like that's right. The, to, like, the reality is it benefits and costs everybody, right? Like everybody benefits from it. and Everybody pays the price.
0: That's absolutely true. I, like, I, I yes, still oh, believe that all of this should happen. I just think they need to regulate it better and and change the sure. structure in which it happens. But
1: I think maybe I think you need to I think maybe a, a cap. Like I would say that you can only enter the transfer portal once, maybe, and like if you enter, you have to transfer. Like you can't enter and flirt around with schools and then decide to go back to where you were at.
0: Mm. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. But I think there should be a a time that you can enter the portal and the portal's only open for a certain period of time throughout the year. Sure. I don't think it should be like within... the season Yes, like the off-season. I don't think it should be within the season at all. And look, I mean, I, I think you can enter it as much as you want, for me at least, but, you know, you only have the one transfer without having to sit out, so... I mean, you have to be somewhat be smart about, you know, your your free pass, if you will. I mean, because once you use that, if you decide you want to bail again, like, you don't just get to move freely about the cabin. Uh, so, but-
1: I, maybe just, maybe a yeah, I just cap think it needs to be many, regulated better. Yeah, Maybe a cap on how many like portal players a team can bring in per year. I mean, you've got a cap on scholarships. So like, well,
0: I think there already is, isn't there?
1: Oh, is there? Oh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think within I don't know a... If, like, yeah,
0: I think there's... Uh, I don't know. I'll have to pull that up. But yeah, I think that uh, there's... XM2. I would hope
1: so. I mean, yeah. I, I will say, though, I have a feeling that Alabama will be bringing in a receiver or two in the transfer portal this year.
0: Well, I mean, they're loaded with freshman game changers, but, you know, those guys. Were, well, as, as always. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They'll be fine. But I mean, after the, it was just last night it was glaring because all of a sudden the best receiver yeah. in college football gets hurt and guys that basically haven't played a big role all season are now asked to step in in a national championship moment.
1: Yeah. I mean, man, I don't know. It's uh James Williams, though, transfer portal guy might uh, swing yeah. Saban's opinion and bring in a dude. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they
0: already brought Mario, in uh, Eli Ricks, who's going to be one of the best corners in college football next year, from LSU. Naturally. Good Lord. They were, uh, yeah, they were... It's crazy, the two receivers that were out and the secondary players that were out. I mean, in a rebuilding year for Alabama, they're that close to winning a title, and they also had that amount of like significant tr- contributors out. Crazy, man.
1: By the way... Uh, <laughs> One more thing on the the game last night. Uh, Kirby Smart screaming at uh, at uh, at Ringo or is it who yeah Ringo. Ringo, Ringo, Ringo to go down after that inter, after that interception. Come on Kirby, just come on. It wasn't even in doubt. Like it was an easy interception return for a touchdown. Like yeah. it was like the freaking Red Sea parted for him for to go 70 yards and Kirby was like, "Go down, go down." That
0: kid's like the Derrick Henry of cornerbacks, by the way.
1: Oh, he looked like he running down he the sideline. He is a
0: monster for a corner, and he's a freshman. Like, good what lord,
1: 205?
0: oh five. That is a uh, yeah. He's like the Derrick Henry yeah. of cornerbacks. Like, he's just ha- yeah. like when you line him up against all the other cornerbacks, he just looks way bigger than any of a, the other dudes.
1: I thought he was a safety when he made the interception. I was like, oh, that dude's a safety. Like, yeah, he's a monster, and yeah, he's a dude. freshman. Yeah, that's stupid. I mean, they... Georgia's got some like legitimately good freshmen. I mean, we talked about Brock Bowers a second ago. Ringo right now, like. They've got really good yeah. like dudes that played as like, true freshmen this year. But can't wait. Can't wait for uh, some more of the same teams next year. It should be fun.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, the the expansion talks are not going well in Dallas. So, you know, that's good. <laughs> did you see that Bob Bowlesby walked out of the meetings?
1: No, I did not. It doesn't surprise me, though. Yeah. Why wouldn't Bob Bowlesby want expansion? I assume he walked out because he's against expansion. No, he wants expansion. Okay, good. Okay, that makes sense. I was going to say, yeah. like, why would he not want expansion?
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's just a cluster I mean, that nobody can agree on, so.
1: I mean, Bowlesby knows that OU in Texas leaving. Like, he needs expansion more than anybody. Absolutely,
0: yeah. Yeah, it sounds like where the breakdown is is the automatic qualifiers. That's what people disagree on the most. Like, what the automatic qualifier structure looks like.
1: I mean, shouldn't it just be if you win your conference, you're in?
0: Well, it, a it depends on the number of teams that that you want to expand to, whether it's eight or twelve or whatever. Then there's the conversation about does the G five get an automatic bid, or you know how how does it work? Is it a situation where you just you award the top five ranked conference champions and then go at larges? Does all the conference champions get an AQ, and then at larges like that's that's really what it boils down to, and. I think when you look at like the SEC and the Big 12, for example, I think they're probably in a similar boat, whereas the Big 10 wants to fight whatever is advantageous for the SEC because they don't want that gap from the SEC to everybody else to continue to grow. So the quote unquote alliance, I think, is uh, on the opposite side of whatever the SEC wants.
1: Just look, here's where I I fall on it. Just pick something because whatever you pick, it's going to piss a lot of people off because there's no system that's going to benefit like the entire landscape of college football. So right. just just pick something and let's just do it and quit talking about it.
0: Yeah. It's. I mean, here's what's going to happen. The SEC is going to get their way, or they're going to they're going to go find their own path.
1: And why? You wouldn't, know what? The SEC should get their way.
0: Of course, of course, they have all the power anyway. Why wouldn't they try to get what benefits them the most? I mean, it it, it just does. I mean, if it were you you're going to do what benefits you the most when you have the power to get that done. So I think there's like, you can either fight this now and, or you can accept it. And yes, maybe, maybe this is advantageous to the sec, but you're going to be able to keep the current structure of college football together. If they fight this to the point that, you know, we're going to let all these TV deals run out. Here's what's going to happen. The sec is going to say, we're going to take our business to the open market. We're going to have our own playoff. We don't need you guys. And we'll just do our own thing. We'll have an SEC playoff, and I guarantee you, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, or Florida playing in a fourteen playoff would outperform all the other conferences doing whatever kind of playoff they wanted to
1: do. Right? Like it's not even close. Oh no, no doubt. It's not even close. No. So I mean, if if you if you if you blackball the SEC and blacklist them or whatever, then the rest of college football immediately becomes the XFL. It becomes a secondary league that doesn't matter as much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So again, the SEC is either going to get their way with this thing and, and we're going to college football is going to say somewhat the same as far as like conferences and the amount of teams and the way this thing operates, or everybody's going to fight this to the end. And then the SEC is going to say, all right, peace out. We're doing our own thing and uh, good luck to you guys.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't understand how the other conferences don't view it as like they need the SEC to like the SEC helps them make more money. Like just from a simple financial standpoint, like the SEC boosts up all of college football financially.
0: Yeah, but the I, I think the Big Ten's arrogance probably plays a big role in this
1: for sure. Because I mean, it, yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: they just because they think they're on the same level as the SEC, so they don't want to admit the fact that uh, the SEC has more power. And and I think th- I, I think even though they won't admit it, they know it, and that's why they're fighting all of this because they don't want to watch that gap continue to grow.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, we realize the SEC has Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Georgia, Florida. They've got some good programs, but we've got Wisconsin, Northwestern, uh, Indiana. Like these are quality six to seven win teams on any given year. Yeah. You think we're just going to let the SEC walk all over us? Yeah, we're the Big Ten. That's where football started. How about this? Since
0: Nick Saban won his first national championship with LSU in two thousand three. The SEC has won thirteen of the nineteen titles in college football, six of them so to Alabama, a- three of them to LSU, two of them to Florida, one for Auburn, and one for Georgia. So five different so Ohio schools. Ohio State's
1: one two. Ohio
0: State's won one in that time
1: period. No, they won two. Oh no! say State won it's first. They won it first. Yeah. Three. Ohio State won the year before. Yeah. So Ohio State's won one. Texas has won one. Clemson's won two. USC is. Has- how many, yeah, we, are we counting, how many are we counting? Yeah. For USC, we counting all? Are we counting two?
0: Well, I mean the the LSU two thousand three one was a split, I guess, with USC. But uh,
1: okay,
0: yeah, I mean two thousand four as USC. So
1: USC USC is one. They, yeah. They're there though. Yeah. Uh, Florida State. Yeah. Is That it. That's it. There you go. Was that five teams? Four teams?
0: Yeah. Yeah, somebody told me, I tweeted that last night, and somebody said, well, I mean, Saban, Saban's responsible for seven of those, and Urban Meyer's responsible for two, so if you take those, those out, the SEC's only won four of the last 19. And I was like, well, A, that doesn't make any sense to me to take them out, but okay, so they've won four of 19. How many have the others won? Like, Colby,
1: Colby, if you, if you, take, out, if you take out the Super Bowls that Bill Belichick's won, the Patriots haven't won any Super Bowls. That's right.
0: I mean, if you take out the Jordan titles... You know, the Bulls really haven't ever done anything in the history of the right. NBA. Right, so,
1: I mean, are the Bulls even, like, are the Bulls even, like, an NBA franchise? They never yeah. even won a title without Jordan. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if you, if you take out Nick Saban and Urban Meyer, I mean, they've only won four national championships in the last eighteen nineteen 19 years. Okay, thanks. How many's the Big 12 won in that time period? One?
1: How many they played in in that period? One? And they lost by 180 points? Three?
0: Texas lost and OU's lost a couple. Oh yeah.
1: That's for, oh yeah, for, Oh you lost to Florida. I, I just wanted to, and USC. throw some fire on the USC yeah. game.
0: Yeah. It just, ugh. yeah. The big 12 has one title in that period. The PAC 12 has one title in that period. Like, okay. So they've won four of 19. If you want to take out the nine that Nick Saban and Urban Meyer won, still more than
1: any <laughs> other league.
0: That's still more than any other league.
1: I mean, if you if you yeah, I can do this all day, if you take out all the Bill Belichick, if you take out Bill Belichick, Tom Brady's only won one Super Bowl. That's the same amount of Super Bowls as Trent Dilfer's won. So he's like not even that good. Right.
0: God, so stupid. Oh, it's just so painful. Like, what are we? It's not a crime to just say that they've dominated college football for the last two decades. Like, that's just the reality. Yeah,
1: just, you know what? Embrace the fact that you're, watch, you're you've watched the greatest college football coach of all time. Yeah, in the past, like for the past 15 years, you've had the pleasure or the displeasure of watching the greatest coach of all time dominate a sport.
0: Yeah. I also had somebody tell me, well, the, you know, their their bottom teams aren't that good. So, you know, yeah, they're good at the top, but but, you know, their their lower tier teams aren't very good. Well,
1: who cares? Who are their? Well, also, who are their bottom tier teams playing?
0: Yeah, but like, do we judge anybody by their bottom tier teams? Like, what does that no. even matter?
1: Ah, uh, well, Big 12 sucks. Kansas is 0-12. They don't deserve a playoff team.
0: Well, they're not the best conference because their bottom three teams are, you know, not as good as our bottom three teams. Like, the,
1: what does that even teams, matter? Every conference are terrible. The, show me a conference where the bottom three teams aren't terrible. Why? The bottom why would we, for a reason. Why
0: would we ever judge anybody for their bottom teams? It doesn't, that makes zero sense to me. They're winning national I, yeah, championships. They're good teams have been the best in college football. That's what we're judging.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I, Honestly, for me, once I get past, like, the sixth spot in the conference, like, I'm just like, these teams don't matter. Right, right. I'm not going to waste my time trying to evaluate, are you over a team that's three and nine?
0: I mean, if if you wanted to go one step further, like, do we really want to argue about, like, whether a, uh, and I'm just using an example here, but, um, like, whether like a six and six South Carolina is better than a six and six West Virginia, and that's the difference in the SEC or the Big Twelve or something along, like no, right? That doesn't make any sense.
1: Right. Also, I think there's probably a conversation to be had. Like, so Tennessee was seven and six this year in the SEC. You think if they played the Pac-12 that they would finish seven and six?
0: Right.
1: <laughs> uh, so bad. I mean, anyways, I don't know, man. Uh, by the way. Uh, what can can I change gears a little bit here for college football yeah. for a second? Yeah. Come on. Why do Cowboys got to do the Eagles like that? Just put Just to score 50 on them for no reason. Nobody <laughs> score 50 on them. It's week 18 With nothing nothing on the line, for. right? With right. nothing
0: on the line, essentially. Yeah, I, uh, I was. I mean, part of me was like, get the starters out of the game. Like, what are we doing? We're risking injury before a playoff run. And at the same time, it was the Eagles, so I was getting a lot of joy out of uh, right. putting it on it, the rival.
1: It almost, almost, very slightly, almost kind of felt like McCarthy was like letting Kellen Moore audition for a job.
0: Yeah, yeah. You excited for the playoffs?
1: Very much. Yeah, I'm. a, uh, I'm very. I, Kobe, I cannot even e- express to you in words. I mean, I could because you know I I know how to speak and I I can I can talk, but like. Words would not do justice explaining how pissed off I am that I have to watch stupid fucking Ben Roethlisberger in a playoff game. Uh. Fucking throw f- 55 times for 137 yards and just get absolutely obliterated by Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs when all that had to happen was the Chargers just had to swallow their pride and. Um, I can't. This freaking. I, I've already erased the name, uh, the name of their coach Brandon from Staley. my from my memory. Brandon Staley had to swallow his ego not call a timeout there right. and just let that damn game in in a tie and give us Justin Herbert against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs or Derek Carr versus Mahomes or like, just at least give us Justin Herbert over Ben Roethlisberger in any scenario. But we yeah. couldn't get that. Like, he took that away from me. And I, you know me, I've, I love Justin Herbert. He might be my favorite player in the league right now. Yeah. And I don't get to watch him play in the playoffs because Brandon Staley had to call a timeout when, one, Derek Hart openly admitted in the postgame interview that that changed their entire plan. Of course it did. On that next play. And they were clear, I mean, they were clearly just going to settle for a tie. They were running the ball, letting the clock run down, and then he calls a timeout on th- like, I don't, it's mind-boggling that he would be that, ign- that stubborn. I mean, he's been stubborn all year with, like, the fourth down stuff, and, like, he, I mean, that's just who he is. He's a very stubborn man in the way he coaches, but, like... Cost him a playoff spot. Absolutely ridiculous. Yep. And now I got to watch stupid ass Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers, who do not deserve to be in the playoffs.
0: Yep. Agreed. I I I was mind blown when he called that timeout. And he said in his post game, like he wanted to get the right defensive personnel on the field to what to stop a, half a, an ISO up the middle. Yeah. Like that, that. That's my point. Like, dude, they were waving the white flag. Like, ninety nine percent of the people watching that game understood what the situation was and that the Raiders were essentially happy to get to the playoffs and not risk some sort of catastrophic situation happening at the end. But what you did when you called the timeout was you told them, Hey, we're not going to settle for the tie. Or you give the perception of we're not going to settle for the tie. So you make them have to compete again. The next play.
1: It's honestly, it's so insane stupid. that we like the head coach of the NFL, 32 top jobs in the world to be a head coach in football. And how often these dudes just outcoach themselves? Yeah,
0: I, I heard people having be- the conversation about whether that's a fireable offense or not.
1: No, absolutely not. I don't. I mean, that would be crazy to fire him off of that. But like, I mean, it, he should absolutely be ridiculed for the next eight months for it. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know anymore. Brian Flores got fired, and I think he's a great coach. Absolutely. So like, I don't even know. Yeah. I don't even know like how to anticipate what these NFL teams are going to do with their head coaches. I mean, Brian Flores—they started one and seven and finished nine and eight. He got fired. Yeah. Well, they're idiots. Well, yeah. I mean, but. I mean, just that whole front office. I mean, you could trash them for trading up to take Tua over Justin Herbert.
0: Well, I mean everybody can trash them now, but literally That's nobody at the time was saying that Justin Herbert should have gone ahead well, of right. Tua. Like nobody uh, yeah. was saying that. So,
1: yeah, I mean we've had this conversation before that like the Oregon like they just we I mean they hid essentially what Justin Herbert was capable of just from their system like yeah. nobody. I never, at least me, I I never anticipate Justin Herbert being what Justin Herbert is.
0: I kind of had him in the same like category for me as Sam Darnold coming out of USC where I was like, you could see flashes of it at Oregon, but it just, it never really felt like you got to see him completely unleashed.
1: I mean, he's incredible. And,
0: uh, you know, he's obviously at a whole different level than Sam Darnold is, but in terms of, like, just feeling like, every once in a while, you kind of see why people had that conversation about him being an NFL quarterback, but it just, you know, it it wasn't something that was always glaring every time you watched him play.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, I could talk about him all day. He's...
0: dude. The fact Incredible. that like that, that was one of the best football games of the year. The fact that they go on the 19 play drive to in regulation. What was it? Three or four fourth down conversions.
1: They were down like what? 15 points or something like that. with yeah. Like four minutes ago.
0: Yeah. 19 play drive to get it to overtime. And then in overtime, right? They have the big fourth down play to Mike Williams to keep the game going to once again, tie the game and keep it going. And then it all falls apart. And you don't even get to keep playing because of a timeout. Like, to rob the Chargers from everything they did to even get to that point, because a coach decided to be the smartest guy in the room, to me is pretty, pretty damning.
1: I, I just, and like, I mean they've done it all year. Like, the Chargers have been like, Staley's been adamant that like it's fourth down, we're going for it like in almost every situation. Yeah, I just love that in that on that fourth down playing overtime, it's fourth and nine, and they don't go for like a ten or eleven yard like. You know, easy play like Justin Herbert's like, I'm about to hit Mike Williams on a fifty yard play on yeah. fourth and nine in overtime with the season on the line. So good. Like the dude's just crazy. I mean, I don't I think that if you don't have him in that conversation for like as far as like arm talent with Mahomes and Rodgers, like you're out of your mind. Like there's there's he might be above I mean he might be above those guys. I don't know. No. But like
0: no. Come on.
1: Come know, on. Man. I don't know. I, I think I, he's I just, think you're I being th- a
0: prisoner of the moment.
1: I am being a prisoner of the moment and biased because I love Justin Herbert. But, like, I don't think – he has to be on par. He has to be on the same level with those guys. There's no throw on the field that Justin Herbert doesn't make.
0: I, I don't think he's on the same level. I think he's probably a level below. He's one of the elite in the know, NFL. Man. But, dude, those are the two best throwers in the history of the NFL.
1: I – okay, I'll get – okay. In the history I'll make the argument, of the
0: entire league, those are the two best.
1: I'll make the argument that Herbert isn't there from, like, being able to make these throws like on it from like an improvising standpoint and like an accuracy standpoint from an arm string standpoint, though I think he's on the same level.
0: He can make all the throws on the field, but I, I mean, there's just a, those guys have that next, I mean, there's just a, they're a tier above him. Like, and that's not anything against Justin Herbert. That's once again, well, because I'm, those are the best I'm two throwers in the history of this game. We call football.
1: I'm taking it personally. Justin Herbert is the goat. That's hilarious. And I get to watch freaking Ben Roethlisberger Ugh. Lose by 30 to the Chiefs. I swear to God, if the Steelers beat the Chiefs, I'm gonna be so pissed. Like I don't want the Chiefs to win another Super Bowl, but I don't not want to watch the Steelers play two playoff games.
0: Is Jackson Mahomes on the Mount Rushmore of annoying human beings right now?
1: Yes. I I think look I, I I do think it's funny though because like I feel like Patrick Mahomes I've seen like videos of like Patrick with out to dinner with like his brother and his wife. And like Patrick just wants is just hates he's so miserable watching his brother do like TikToks and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure he loves his brother and all that stuff. Yeah, and like does, whatever. But, but like yeah. yeah, he's you know. Patrick's like, I, dude, I'm trying to like be the best quarterback of all time. Like I'm Patrick Mahomes, like I'm in the national spotlight. You're you're acting a fool, like doing TikToks on like the sidelines and stuff, and people are talking about it. Like, chill out. But yes, he is he is absolutely up there uh on the Mount Rushmore of Annoying people. I saw I saw a meme the other day that the uh, Steelers Chiefs was the uh, TikTok Bowl. That's funny. With uh, the Steelers yeah. receivers and then Jackson yeah. Mahomes, yeah. Um,
0: I saw somebody say that uh, they would love to s- to see Jake Paul fight Jackson Mahomes, and ja- <laughs> and Jackson Mahomes might be the one person that makes the entire country
1: celebrate Jake Proof Paul. For Jake Paul. Yeah. I I also found out the other day uh, that Jackson Mahomes is like six five. He taller. Oh, he's yeah, like he's three or four really inches tall. taller than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, he's way
0: taller than Patrick. Like, yeah.
1: So, that'd be a good fight. I don't know what Jackson Holmes is like with a, uh, you know, intensity standpoint. Apparently, he's a baller, Aaron. plays hoops. Oh, well. Apparently. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, Brutal. You know what I found out the other day? This is kind of random. Okay. Uh, I'm sure this has been discussed. I'm sure you know this. Uh, Calvin Murray. Kyler Murray's uncle was the guy batting when Brandon Johnson blew that bird up. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I mean, now that you say that,
0: I, I kind of feel like maybe I've heard that before,
1: but... I feel like when Kyler was at OU, that got floated
0: around. I th- yeah, I think you're right. Now that it kind of like settles, but wow. That's a fun fact of the day. Yeah. Calvin Murray. Sorry,
1: you, uh, Cowboys play the Eagles, right? Are they 49ers. the Niners.
0: Oh that's, oh, that's a flashback to your childhood. Yes, yes. All the 90s nostalgia will be uh, flowing on Sunday. 3.30 kick, by the way.
1: It's going to be tough if uh, the Cowboys lose to Jimmy Garoppolo. Although he played great against Los Angeles. like Even I mean, if his thumb is killing him like the way it is, like, yeah. he, that's a gladiator game by him. To I'm not play scared of Jimmy can.
0: G whatsoever, but at the same time, I think that's a tough 49ers team that I kind of We're feel good. like in comparison to getting like the Rams or the, the Cardinals the Cowboys have a tendency to play to the level of their competition or to play to the level of the perception of their competition. And I think that the Cowboys probably view the 49ers as a lesser opponent than if they had gotten the the Rams or the Cardinals. And I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. So I probably, if you had given me the option, I would have chosen the Cardinals, honestly, because the Cardinals just beat the Cowboys. Like I think you're going to get the best version of the Cowboys. If they play the, the Cardinals, this 49ers team is going to, you know, they're a blue collar team that you're going to have to beat. Like you're going to have to show up and beat. So um I think Dallas is the better team and Jimmy G does not scare me at all, but the Cowboys have been so inconsistent over the second half of the season that I don't by any means feel like this is an easy win. I think this is this is going to be a tough one and they got to show up.
1: Is there a uh, is there a team that you would put your money on or is there a, let me rephrase that. Is there a Super Bowl matchup that you feel pretty confident it's going to play out or would you, you feel better just taking the field?
0: I mean Packers for me
1: yeah I was about to say for me like I think the I think the NFC is a tough road and tough to pick out but for me like I will legitimately be surprised if the Chiefs aren't in the Super Bowl the way their defense has played for the past three months and you know you pair with the offense like I just don't I don't see a tough road for the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl I mean Derrick Henry might be back for the Titans but I don't I don't I would anticipate that Titans team being able to beat the Chiefs since I mean maybe Cincinnati in a shootout again but I I just don't know. I need to see it from Cincinnati before I trust them to make a run in the playoffs. AFC seems like an easy road for the Chiefs to me, but yeah, the yeah. NFC, I'd probably go with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is playing great, obviously, and they seem like the best team, but I mean I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys made a run. Tampa Bay could easily make a run. I know Tampa's got a lot of injuries, but like I mean, you still got Tom Brady. NFC's gonna be fun. I think that's how it was last year. Is the NFC was just a lot more interesting than the AFC side,
0: yeah. I could see the Packers, Bucks, Cardinals or Cowboys getting there honestly like I think all those teams have enough and we've seen their high end where I think they could put a three game stretch together to get there. Um I would say the Packers are obviously the favorite, but I mean if if it were the Cardinals or the Bucks or the Cowboys playing their high level of football for the next 3 weeks like it wouldn't surprise me. In the AFC right now legitimately to say that I I would not be surprised for anybody other than the Chiefs? No way. Like it, the Chiefs are the only ones that, that wouldn't surprise me. Anybody else gets to the Super Bowl from the AFC, and to me, it would be a surprise.
1: Same. I, just, I mean, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, there are just too many doubts, I think, with all the other teams, right, in the AFC. Not that they can't get there, just that like there's reasonable arguments as to what prevents them would- from getting there.
1: I think for the other teams, things would have to fall in their fall out of the chiefs favor as opposed to falling in their favor. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Like, you know, if the chiefs, if Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, you know, the first quarter of the game against Pittsburgh on Sunday and the chiefs lose or something or something like that, like it would, they're going to need factors that play against the chiefs and in their favor to make the super bowl.
0: Yeah. Agreed, man. Agreed. It's going to be a big weekend. This is a, I mean Saturday and Sunday playoff games. I love wild card. Weekend. Monday too. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. It's super wild card weekend. Super wild card weekend. Yeah, I forgot about Monday's game. Who's playing on Monday? Uh, Cardinals Rams. That's right. Yeah. Monday playoff games. By the way, were you? Uh, are you? Are you one of the? Uh, why on earth does the national championship game happen on a Monday, people?
1: No, I get it being on a Monday. Um, I. I don't get the semifinal games being on New Year's Eve. That seems absolutely stupid to me. Yeah, uh, to have your semifinal games on a day where everybody's going out and partying and doesn't nobody's home watching TV. The national championship game makes sense to me on a Monday because there's a lot of people at home Monday evenings like watching football. Monday night football does huge yeah. ratings throughout the entire year, so that makes sense. The semifinal games are absolutely stupid to me. Like, why not just play those on a Saturday or on New Year's Day?
0: I would prefer it on a Saturday, but um, I mean, the whole right like college football is Saturdays. The entire season, yeah. Man, yeah. Uh, but I feel like this year the the outcry for the whole like Monday thing was way bigger Why? than ever before. But Everybody's I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just How my inconv- perception. I
1: mean, is it inconvenient to have the game be at seven o'clock on a Monday? I mean, I know it goes like you said, it's a the traditional like Saturday thing for yeah. college football. But like, is it really that big of a deal? Like, I you have plans on January tenth at seven o'clock a on big a deal Monday. For me, but
0: like, if I, I had a preference, I would choose Saturday.
1: Sure. I mean, you just make a day out of it. Right. But.
0: Yeah. Nothing like uh, starting the college game day pregame show at five (laughs) o'clock. I've got an idea. Just think about it for a minute. What about Super Bowl Tuesday?
1: Ooh. Uh, You know what I do, though, Colby? I do think it's hilarious that uh, the national championship game is not on network television. Because Monday night is also the same night that The Bachelor airs and uh, oh. not going to preempt The Bachelor on ABC for the national championship game.
0: The fact that people still watch that is amazing. It's just unbelievable to me.
1: I guess there's an, uh, there's an argument for the national championship game being on a Saturday. Because then, then you can put it on network. You can put right. it on ABC. And you have way more people watch it.
0: Right. Yeah, d- yeah. Speaking of that, man, my internet last night at about 6.15 went out. Like out for probably oh, 25 yeah, God, minutes, 25 minutes. I was going to be raging if I wasn't going to be able to watch the game, which I mean, I could have probably, I mean, I could have watched it on my phone if all else failed, yeah, but, I who wants to do that? Right, right. It's the national championship. Finally it came back and I was able to, you know, pull up my Hulu live and, and watch the game. But yeah, the fact that uh, like you said, it's not on network television. What are we doing?
1: It's insane, right? Yeah. You have college football games on all oh. year on network television every Saturday night. There's a primetime game on ABC. Yeah. Even if it's freaking, even if it's a seven win Clemson team against a a six win Florida state, wake force. It's on, it's on network television. Yeah. And then the national championship game, you're getting bumped for the bachelor. Yep. It's insane. So stupid. And I know what it is. I mean, really all it is is Disney, Disney and ESPN just want people to buy like the, like the streaming services and pay for that. But like the same time, it's not some dignity.
0: How many stream- streaming services do you pay for?
1: Uh, Way too many. I've actually been like trying to like go back and cancel. I have a problem of signing up for f- like free trials of oh, streaming services yeah. and then forgetting to cancel them. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I would say right now I'm probably at like three or okay. four. Okay. But I don't, I don't have like, I don't do like, I don't have the cable. Like, the, so I don't have like Hulu Live or YouTube TV or anything like that. Okay. So it, it adds up to about the same price, I guess.
0: Yeah. So we have Hulu, like we don't have like, traditional cable television so we get our like what you call cable television through hulu so we have mm-hmm. hulu live uh with the hulu you know the hulu tv plus the hulu stuff and then we don't really watch prime that much but because my wife orders so much shit on amazon like we have the Just prime subscription, yeah. yeah so it's there although i guess season three of the boys coming out uh in like six months which is exciting but uh, we have prime uh we have netflix obviously uh disney plus ESPN plus, I feel like I'm missing one.
1: Disney, say Disney,
0: Disney, ESPN.
1: I mean, even at that, it's five. Good Lord. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm also just trying to cut back. Cause like I, I give myself too many options and then I don't watch anything. Yeah. But yeah. it's also hard because like I have, so like soccer, like the premier league is on Peacock. But, like, the Champions League is on Paramount. So, like, I need two separate streaming services to watch right. Liverpool. Right. And then, like, it's, it's – man, they – I'm just – I'm freaking cheap to this, this – this, these people just taking my money so I can watch freaking TV. Yeah. Man, I don't even watch TV that much. Yeah. Like, I watch sports, and that's it. And then I'll, like, watch reruns of, like, The Office or It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia right. on Hulu. And that's it. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could get by with, uh, without, I mean, honestly, if, uh, if, if I didn't need the television part of Hulu for like sports stuff, which they don't even offer like Bali to get like some of the local stuff that I would, I would want. Um, I mean, I could totally get by with just Netflix and ESPN.
1: Try, uh, try Fubo. Uh, I'm, no, seriously, like, from my experience, like, for sports, Fubo is, like, okay. the best option for streaming services. I'm pretty sure they offer regional sports pri- packages and, like, and all that stuff. I mean, it's all essentially the same, but, like, they just have a little bit more sports, uh, like, minded packaging. But, yeah, it's honestly, like, I wish I could just go back to having regular cable. Like, if I just had, like, regular cable and a DVR, like, I think I'd be pretty stoked. I used to watch way more stuff when I just had cable. I used to watch, like... Whatever was on HBO, yeah. like, I'm going to watch that movie. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it might be a movie that I love. It might not, but like, I'm going to take a chance. Nowadays, I'm never taking a chance on a movie that I'm not aware of.
0: Yep. But you like, like having it all at your fingertips at the same time. It,
1: it is nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they, I figured out, they figured sure. us out, man. Yep. They figured us out.
0: They know our flaws, and they are cashing in on our flaws. Brutal. If only there was one like streaming service that would package them all together and you could just pay for one, one, one price to get it all. If only there was something like that.
1: <laughs> Maybe one day, Colby. Maybe one day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, alright man, I gotta run. Uh, I feel like we could probably do like 10 more hours on football, but um, the little all man right, has to like get I'm to
1: gonna... school. Okay, cool. I feel like I'm about to uh, have a coughing fit, so I'm nice. gonna go go cough and have
0: all right all right that is aaron davis i'm colby daniels and uh everybody have a great day Okay, it's over.